Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, we got a lot on the docket today. We got signing day. We got hoops getting their first win. We got a little football news as well. Uh, how are you today? I'm good. I got a day off on Friday, so this is Friday for me. Traditional Friday. Everybody else's Friday. It's my Thursday. Uh, Pebble Beach this week. Well, I'm not going to Pebble Beach, but I'm watching it. And, uh, yeah, some good, you know, I feel like a lot of stuff we've talked about with OSU recently has been either negative or just frustrating or whatever. Um, there's a little bit more of that today, but it's also a lot of positive as well. So I, I'm excited to, to jump into that. I got my first snow day in a while yesterday. It snowed up here in Oklahoma. I saw that it was, uh, it does, it, it doesn't snow here in, in uh, Dallas, but it was like 29 this morning, so it felt it felt like it should snow, but it didn't. Well, it was like a perfect snow, too. It was like four or five inches. It was nice and packed to where you could build a snowman. It was it was a perfect snow day. First one we've had in a very long time. Yeah, class canceled. Yeah. For OSU. Even in, in Stillwater, they did? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go full olds here. Like, <laughs> Don't you remember walking in class through snow and ice? I, I certainly do. This is the ultimate olds. I remember uh, I had just got a new MacBook Air. This was like in 2000. Eh, I don't even think it was the Air. I think it was like a MacBook, just a laptop. And I was so excited. I, I was. I thought it was just, you know, the coolest. And I'm coming home from class one day, and it was, it was icy. And I remember, uh, like, slipping on my sidewalk, walking up to my front door. And it was like full movie, like uh, slip and fall to where you're like, like, like home alone. Yeah. Your feet are up in the air. And all I remember doing, I have my, my laptop in my arms. I just remember hugging my laptop <laughs> and falling like on my back and neck. And, uh, <laughs> but, but nothing happened to the computer. So all was well. To hell with the vertebrae, save the MacBook. Exactly. Uh, I had the same story. We were walking actually down towards the strip. I used to live pretty close. And I had had nothing to drink at this point. We're, we're walking to the strip to to indulge. And I think it's probably, this, probably around the same time. It was The streets were like pure ice. I'm wearing like my buddy's combat boots, just trying to get any traction. And I just keep doing home alone slips and falls. And I, I like to fashion myself as coordinated. <laughs> And the last one, I just go full out Joe Pesci, Home Alone, feet out from underneath me. Yeah. And a police car pulls up right behind us in the street and just kind of just kind of looked at me and nodded. And I just nodded back and he just kept on going down the street. Like, I, pro- I was like, I promise, sir, I've had nothing to drink yet. I just can't stand up on this dang ice. So. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I miss I miss being able to have class or whatever. Now it's like. Is work canceled? No. You just walk 30 feet out to the shed. So It's a treacherous walk sometimes. you got to be careful. Yeah, it's tough. Let's get to the first five, Carson. We'll, uh, 
we'll jump in right here. Number one, what do we got? Uh, National Signing Day. Um, Kyle, there was a period of time where National Signing Day was, at least here in Oklahoma City and the media, was one of the biggest days of the year before we had the Thunder, like radio stations, TV stations. It was the biggest thing going. And, man, this year's signing day for OSU was pretty quiet. It was one of the quietest signing days I can ever remember. But uh, they did they did ink a signing class. Uh Kyle Boone wrote an article kind of saying things went according to plan. Is that kind of how you viewed it as well? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, they, they already, they'd already filled up, um, 20, what is it? 20, 20 spots in the fall. Is that right? No, 19, 18, 18 spots in the fall. And then you get the two transfers, the, uh, Josh Sills from West Virginia, the offensive lineman, and then Colin Clay from Arkansas, uh, who, you know, those, those are guys, they may or may not be able to play this year. I think both of them are going to be able to, um, actually clay or, uh, the kid from West Virginia might be a, uh, he might be a grad transfer. Clay is not, he's a sophomore, but he still might get a waiver to be able to play. And I want to talk about that in a second. Cause I think, I think when you talk about classes, you, you kind of miss out because those guys don't count into your like overall rankings. We're going to talk about OSU's ranking here in a minute, but uh, so they got those two guys, and then three more. They got a backup, or they got a uh, yeah, they got a backup quarterback. They got uh, Jabbar Muhammad, who is uh, the cornerback from Texas, and then the third one was the uh, linebacker from junior college from Iowa. And uh, so it's just, I mean, I'm with you. It's like. Did, did it even did it feel at all like National Signing Day yesterday? No, even less so nationally. Like I, you know, you usually see all the tweets and ESPN, ESPNU does their big show, but it just didn't seem like there was nearly as much fanfare this year uh, at all. But um, you mentioned the the grad transfers. I guess Chuba Hubbard kind of put out the news that OSU might be getting a, tra- a transfer cornerback from Missouri. Is that, is that finalized? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, it, so Chuba Hubbard tweeted over the weekend. I think it was over the weekend about Christian Holmes, who is a cornerback from Missouri, uh, who has played a lot in the last few years. And the way he worded it, it could have been interpreted as like, Hey, he's, he's going to play at Oklahoma state or Hey, let's, let's try to, Let's try to like get him to play at Oklahoma State. He just entered the transfer portal a couple of weeks ago, like 10 days ago. And so the information that I received was that he uh, had signed the uh, what's the name the f- uh, financial aid agreement uh, and committed to OSU, but that doesn't like that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Like you can still like I, I think that he's probably gonna still visit other places and uh, potentially even end up somewhere else because, and, and, and the reason is cause like he doesn't have to do anything until after the semester, he's going to end up being a graduate transfer, uh, at the, but he, and so he can't go anywhere. He has to be at Missouri and through the end of the semester. So he's got a lot of time. I, I think, I think he will end up at Oklahoma state, but I also don't think people should be surprised if they see him pop up at, I don't know, Auburn or Miami or whatever, and it's like, wait, what's he doing on a visit? Well, he, he's got a lot of options before the end of the semester. So. Well, they could certainly use him. Obviously, uh, Rodarius Williams comes back, but they lose A.J. Green. Depth is 
is not as deep as they, they have been at that position. Uh, it re- it kind of reminds me, Kyle, they had a lot of success with Tyler Patman transferring from Kansas. Maybe yeah. I'm sure they, they're probably trying to sell him on that. Uh, that worked out really well for Patman and Oklahoma State. Uh, they did add a quarterback. I thought this was the most inter- interesting thing to me, Kyle, because we I was kind of wondering, you know, with, with Drew Brown leaving, who the backup quarterback was going to be. Was it going to be one of those walk-ons that were ahead of uh, Brendan Costello on the depth chart, or what? Will they add... Ethan Bullock from uh, City College of San Francisco, uh, wherever that is, uh, to the to the roster. So it appears he it appears he's going to be the backup, and they'll probably redshirt Illingworth. Yeah, I th- I think that I think so. Ho- I mean, hopefully for them, they get to redshirt everybody, right? Like Sanders just plays every snap, and I don't I don't know. I I mean, this guy. It's like, did you did you watch any of his stuff? I, I meant to bring that up. I, I watched it, and the only thought I had during when I'm watching it is like, doesn't this look like every, like, I think like the elite, like top twenty players in the country, you can tell a difference while watching their tape. But didn't this look look like just about any other high school highlight tape you've ever seen, or I guess junior college tape you've ever seen? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to say, oh wow, or you know, it it just looks like a standard highlight reel. And so I guess I guess my thing is this. It's like, okay, well, do you, is he an upgrade over Drew Brown? I mean, he kind of reminds you of Drew Brown, right? Like played in California, junior college, the hair, the tats, like the whole deal. And I just I mean, I think the best the best case scenario for your worst case scenarios are like get Ellingworth ready by the end of the year. And if the same thing happens to Sanders again, play him and retain his red shirt. Right. I think Ellingworth's going to be really good. And I think, I think a lot of people think that, and uh, I don't know I, who knows what they're going to do and who knows how it's going to go. I mean, we probably would have said the same thing about Costello this time a year ago. And then obviously he's, you know, who knows if he's even going to be at Oklahoma state much longer. Um, so I don't know. I just, I guess it's good to, I mean, it is good to have depth there, but you don't want to have to use it. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know about Costello, I guess he's likely going to enter the portal, but we don't know yet. But, uh, just to put a bow on it, Kyle, like I think this is what you're going to start seeing not only from Oklahoma state, but everyone with the transfer portal is the influx of grad transfers and transfers coming back the other way because, like the transfer portal totally messes up your numbers yep. with signing classes. Gundy's talked a lot about this, about how well we're only allowed to sign this many guys, even though we know about you know five or six are leaving. Yeah. In January anyway, so that's the only way. The only recourse these coaches have is to add a bunch of transfers, and that's what Mike's doing with, you know, his numbers going out the other way. Yeah, but even the transfers. So like Clay and Sills transferring in, that counts against this class. Right, like that, they are counted in the class of 2020. In terms of recruiting, yeah, are they not? I mean, they've already played college football. I don't really classify those guys as recruits. I'm sure they they might. I don't know if it technically does count as a recruiting class. But but, but what I'm saying is, I don't think. Okay, I I might I might have this completely wrong, but I don't think you can. In terms s- of scholarships, I guess. Yeah, I don't think you can sign more than 25 guys in this cycle, and those guys are included in that 25. Oh, okay. Well, right. That, that changes things. Then I, I think, I think that's, I'm pretty sure I, I might be like, I, I'm out of my world here already a little bit talking about recruiting. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. And I, the point I was going to make earlier, look, we, and we'll talk about number two right now. So Oklahoma state last I looked was 45th. Yeah. They're 45th in the country in the recruiting ranking this year. That's not good. That is one of the worst numbers in, in Gundy's tenure uh, they're fifth in the big 12. But I think the thing that we miss on some of this is you don't like last year. Oh, you recruit or oh, you gets uh, Jalen hurts. That does, like he's in, he's coming along with all their freshmen, along with Spencer Rattler, with all these guys, but he doesn't, there's no way to like count him into the, into the rankings, into, into the way you're ranked. Well, that's a big deal to get Jalen hurts. Right. And in, and in the same way, it's a big deal for Oklahoma state to get Colin clay, to get this uh, all big 12 kid from West Virginia on the offensive line. But, and yet those guys don't count towards your overall ranking. And you look at a team like Texas, they don't get it. They're not transferring anybody in a team like Baylor. They're not transferring anybody in. So I think Oklahoma state is using the transfer portal to their advantage. And yet they're not, maybe not getting rewarded for it in terms of looking at some of these rankings. So where does that you wrote an article about this? I mean, where does this rank in Gundy's tenure? This recruiting class? Yeah, I think it's tied for second to last. Oof. Yeah. Now to your point, you know, some of it has to do with the transfers. Some of it has to do with recruiting offensive linemen. Frankly, offensive linemen just generally aren't ranked as high. But uh, this this really continues Kyle a trend of Gundy's recruiting kind of going down in terms of perception in terms of ranking, in terms of actual talent you're bringing in. And look, we've talked a lot about this. And for me, it just it doesn't add up in terms of Oklahoma State pays their coaches competitively. Mike Gundy's, what, 13th in the country in salary. Their assistant coaches are, are paid, you know, in terms of the, the market, I think very well uh, in terms of especially their budget. Now, the recruiting budget is super low, but Kyle, does anyone believe that if if Mike Gundy was given a treasure chest of a recruiting budget, he'd go after five stars. No, I don't. I don't think that's the case. And I think if you're an OSU fan, I think this is a criticism that, to me, really holds water in terms of being disappointed with the job Mike's doing in recruiting. Oklahoma State has the 21st most expensive college football season ticket in the country. 21. So Mike and Mike Holder, Gundy and Holder. They ask the they ask a lot of the fans. They ask a lot of the fans to to show up, be loud, be supportive of the program, yada yada yada. We hear that time and time again. Well, the fans I think have done their part. They've packed the house for big games. The tailgating scene's unreal, and they're paying expensive ticket prices for the 45th ranked recruiting class. I mean, I just to me, if I'm a fan, that would upset me. Did you see the? Uh the Max Olson thing where he went back and looked at the 2016 classes. Have you seen this? Uh, I saw it linked in the bullets. I didn't get a chance to read it. So he went back and essentially ranked like, uh, where these classes. So you get, um, here's the point system. You get, uh, five points. If a player turned out to be an all American, uh, or a top 50 NFL pick four points for a multi-year starter or all conference guy. Three points for a one-year starter or key reserve, two points for a career backup, and zero points for leaving the program. And so you're sort of retroactively ranking these classes, right? So Clemson ended up number one. They were probably number one 
uh, off the top. Oh no, they were 11th uh, back in 2016. So ba- like going into it, they were 11th and coming out of it, he ranks them number one. <laughs> uh, Alabama was one and he has them second based on how those guys performed. Uh, and he has Oklahoma state at, let's see here. 19. And their class in 2016 going, going into it ranked 45th. So, their top signees were uh, Justice, A.J. Green, Tevin Jenkins, Stoner, and uh, Amen Ogbong Bamiga. And so I think, I don't know, I, I think some people point to this and they're like, see, you know, see, yeah, they know how to develop talent. They can figure it out. And it's like, yeah, I, I get that. And that's like why they've been the second best program for the last 10 years. But that doesn't make them good at recruiting. You're good at recruiting if you're pulling in a bunch of guys that are four-star or better and taking shots at them. I mean, Carson, like look at the stars on the team. Tylen Wallace, four-star. Spencer Sanders, four-star. Uh, Chuba was a high three star. It, it's not. It's not like rocket science. You're taking swings at four and five star guys and hoping that a few of them hit. Because if a few of them hit, then you're going to be really good. And that's and that's the game. Like that's how it's played. And Oklahoma State this year, they only bring in one four star guy. And granted, it's quarterback, it's the most important one. But if you're just if and and I don't care about the ranking at the 45th as much as I care about the lack of four star guys. Honestly, I'd rather be Baylor, who's like 55th, bringing in three four-star guys and just not – they've only got 17 or 18 recruits. I don't care. Most of those guys aren't going to play anyway. But if you're taking runs at it, TCU bringing in five four-star guys, guess what? A couple of those guys are going to be really, really good. And that's the part that Oklahoma State hasn't done uh, with a lot of success. And the ones that they – that they have brought in, a lot of them have hit, like I said, with Tylen and Sanders, and you can go on down the list. Yeah, I mean, Gundy has a certainly, he has, and that's something he would say himself, is he hits a lot more than he misses. But to the point you're making, it just, it widens your margin for error by signing more four-star guys. Like, when Gundy doesn't happen to hit on his his three-star guys, you have the 2014 season. You have the 2012 season when you when you lose six, seven games. Um, you know, you go back to last year. I mean, you just you're not as good across the board. You're just not. And so, if you don't have an elite NFL style quarterback or NFL caliber quarterback, I don't know. I just. But in, in to the point where I'm making here in recruiting too, Kyle, 23 of the last 24 national title winners have at least two top 10 recruiting classes in the four years before they win the title. It's not right no, in science. Yeah, I mean, that, that just illustrates. And look, no one's asking like, Gunny to land top 10 recruiting classes and to win national championships. But if you want to know why Mike only has one Big 12 title, it's I think you can point directly to this because he's a great coach. He's built a great program. They just haven't been as talented as the upper echelon teams. They just haven't. Now they they lost some close games. Look, they've they've played Oklahoma for the Big Twelve title many times, but I think what concerns you and me is that they're not even recruiting at that level they were back then, when they were competing for the Big Twelve every year. They've gone down, despite again all of the winning they've done. I just I still fail to see the dividends that Gundy should be capitalizing on, and I think that's a fair criticism, especially when you factor in. <laughs> The, the ticket prices, like the fans are getting screwed 
and Gundy's not not using their money to the to his advantage. Like, and again, Mike Gundy's paid five million dollars. Like, if you if you think recruiting budget's a problem, put some of that into it. I mean, I don't know. I, if I was an OSU fan, I would be extremely frustrated with the recruiting. Now, Gunny did a heck of a recruiting job this offseason, getting Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Walls to come back. I did not think he was going to be able to pull that off. Yeah. They could they could win the Big 12 title this year. But just in terms of the health of the program, Kyle, you and I have been saying it for years, and to me it's getting more discouraging, not in, not encouraging, in terms of what they're doing in recruiting. Yeah, it's uh, so that's a good point because if we're going to be critical of the high school recruiting, and I think we should be, then we have to be we have to we have to give credit for the internal recruiting and again the the transfer recruiting. I mean, think about Jordan McRae last year. Think about I don't know. I can't think of everybody off the top of my head, but the guys, the kid from uh, from Michigan that they brought in that went on to be a pro, uh, Josh, what's his name? You know who I'm talking about. This is, from from this, Michigan? This is an old moment. I'll look it up in a second. Anyway, uh, they deserve credit for recruiting internally and keeping their pros and recruiting other people's pros, transfers from other schools. Now, the flip side of that is I just looked it up. This is their – so the only class that's been worse was his first class back in 2005. Five, yeah. They were 47th in the country. Uh, which is, and they're 45th this year, 45th in 2016. They stayed pretty like level in terms of big 12. Their best class ever is fourth. And it looks like 10 or 11 of their classes of his classes have been either fourth or fifth. Their worst class in the big 12 was ninth in 2005. Um, see, I don't know. I, I just, I think my thing, and I wrote this yesterday, uh, Oklahoma State's not going to win a national championship. Like it, it the, like all the data and statistics that we have say that you cannot win a national championship like this. It is it is impossible. The teams that have even gotten to the college football playoff that recruit like Oklahoma State are Michigan State and Washington. And you can go look up what happened to those teams when they got into the playoff. You can win a conference championship because there's fewer teams and – injuries happen and you can you can you can you can will yourself into a conference championship but you are not going to play for or win a national championship recruiting like Oklahoma State is recruiting did you not read Robert Allen's tweet they could (laughs) yeah they could win the title they could win the national championship they could I mean the 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 series (laughs) yeah of, of course the series of events that would have to happen for them to even play for a title it's like it's it's like they'd have to get in somehow. They'd have to go undefeated first of all, and then have to absolutely. And, have and then to. like Trevor Lawrence has to like break his leg in, you know, going up to accept the Heisman, uh, bef- like between their Clemson's last game and the and the semis, and then the who's the freshman that Clemson got that quarterback? He's probably as good as Lawrence is. He'd have to break his leg. I mean. The, the the string of events that would have to happen for OSU to pl- to play for it all. Let's just let's just let OSU worry about getting to Jerry World for the first time. Like yeah. that's that's kind of the take I had when Chuba said it. And look, it's fine. I had no problem with Chuba firing up the fans, none at all. But you did write an article, Kyle. Let's, let's focus on the Big Twelve Championship. What are your four reasons they can win the Big Twelve this year? I gotta go back and look at them. Um, well, number one, number one, you got defense wins championships. 
Yeah, which, I mean, we, which we'd never put Oklahoma State and defense winning a championship in the same sentence before. Yeah, it was a t- it was a top forty defense over the second half of the year. I looked at points per drive over the second half. The only bad game that they had was OU, and it was really bad. I think the thirty four points doesn't look that bad, but OU only had nine drives, Carson. Uh, which is which is, I mean, they we've had bedlams where they had eighteen drives. So if you double those points, I mean, they, they would have scored like 70 in a game like that. It, it, was, it was not a good defensive performance. So that's disconcerting. But I think the, what you think about how far OSU can go depends on what you think about their defense. And if you believe that their defense last year with Calvin Bundage uh, is going to be as good as it was or better than the second half of the year, then I, I think that's a real reason you could win a Big 12 title. They played excellent down the stretch. I do I do have concerns at corner next year without AJ Green. I think AJ Green quietly had a really good season last year. He didn't have like the eye popping numbers, but he defended a lot of passes and, and played pretty well. And I think that's the reason he got an invite to the combine. So that that would be a concern for me as well as as well as just pass rush, which they did get after the, the quarterback quite a bit next year. But uh, I saw a lot of positive things and with anything though, Kyle, I'm, I'm gonna be a little little pessimistic when it comes to the defense until I see it for a whole season. Uh, number two, you had Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders is a reason they can win the Big 12. You got you to gotta sell me on this one. Uh, wrong Spencer. Wrong Spencer. Spencer. Oh, Spencer Rattler. Yeah. We got two Spencers in Bedlam. That's How about this? Spencer Bowl. So think about the close games that they played over the last three years, and it took every bit of – OU's Heisman winning quarterbacks to 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 win those games, right? I mean, think about what Kyler did in Norman. Think about what Baker did in Stillwater. The the Hurts thing was different. That was that was just OU being better and OSU just being lost on offense without Tylen, without their Spencer. Uh, I just I I don't know, Carson. You're you're closer to it than I am. Are we sure Spencer Rattler is like the real deal? I mean, I think I think he's. Look, he might be unbelievable, but the level of play that they've gotten at quarterback, and yet they've still only barely beaten OSU two of the last three years, I just, I don't know. I think there's a real reason to think like that could drop off, and he's going to be, a, I mean, I get that he's awesome, and I get that their system is great, but he's still going to be a, a redshirt freshman, and I, I just, I don't know. I think there are question marks there in a way that there haven't been over the last three years. No, certainly. Um, I mean, at some point, this quarterback run they've had where they've had flawless play has to end, right? But I will say, I mean, Spencer Rattler is, he was the number one quarterback in the country in terms of dual threat. And I think the, the differentiator here, Kyle, is it's Lincoln against the Big 12 still. I mean, he's going to get guys wide open is the is the other difference between you know, him and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, like they've thrown a wide open guys a lot of the time just based on scheme. So I, if you're hoping that Spencer Rattler is the reason OU doesn't win the big 12 championship, I don't, I would, I would not, I would not get my hopes up for that. What I think you have to hope for is that their defense isn't as good as they showed at times last year under Alex Grinch. They, they still don't have just elite pass rushers. They're losing their best defensive tackle by a long ways in Neville Gallimore. I think you have to hope that that uh, Alex Grinch's first season was a lot like Glenn Spencer's first season, that his best year was his first year. 
they're starting to recruit a little better, but you, you still have a chance to get at them next year uh, defensively. So I think that would be far more the hope. I think OU, regardless of who they have a quarterback, Colin or Lincoln Riley, is going to score points. Uh, that that wouldn't concern me. And frankly, Jalen Hurts didn't exactly throw it all over the yard against Oklahoma State. They just ran the ball down their throat. And that would be a, that would be another concern for me in terms of can Spencer Rattler keep it going? I mean, uh, OU ran the same counterplay left and right. They basically ran like a wishbone against Oklahoma State, and they had no answers. So there's a lot of reasons to doubt it, Kyle. But I, is Rattler going to win the Heisman? I doubt it. But is he going to put up big numbers? You betcha. That's that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I just, you know, I, I think that you get to some of the end of these big games and it's just, it's a little different. And and I want to see if he has it in the same way those other guys did. Uh, have you course, seen him? Have you seen him throw yet? Look, I've, well, listen, I've said this before about, I said this after Stoops retired. I was like, are we sure Lincoln Riley's going to be, <laughs> he's like better than Stoops. So <laughs> don't listen to me. Well, the, the reason I bring up, have you seen him throw? Like, it's, it's Chris Leak like. Yeah. Wow. I know how I know how weak that makes you. Yeah, my the name Chris Leak is invoked, but it's it it just it looks a little different coming out of Rattler's hand as opposed to most quarterbacks I've seen. Yeah. Uh, number three, Gundy Ball. Yeah, it's back. They're, uh, gonna, it, carry, they're gonna hand the ball off what sixty times a game? Yeah, maybe more. It is back, and look, like I I, I think the. I think the way OSU, I, I mean, we all know the way Gundy wants to play is hand it off a hundred times and play defense. Like Gundy, Gundy wants to coach Wisconsin, right? <laughs> and or Iowa. I mean, the Iowa parallels continue, Carson. Uh, <laughs> and I think he's going to be able to this. Year. He is going to be able to this year. They're going to run it a ton. And 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 look, like I know we joke about it, but there's less, there's less of variance in what can take place when you're running it a lot and when you're good at it. And so I just, I think you know what you're getting there. And it's a big 12 that interestingly, I think is kind of, is kind of turning around back toward, Oh, I just spilled my water all over the place back toward uh like big 10, like football. And, um, I think OSU is, is well positioned to succeed at that in, in 2020. Well, that's what concerned me. And look, Mike's done plenty of winning. If you watched the the coaches' room show during the national championship, the guy has forgotten more football than I'm ever going to know. I don't ever mean to, when I talk about Mike or criticize some of his schemes and whatnot, I don't ever pretend that I know more than he does. But I just I think what I would be concerned with is there's times when Mike realizes he has the better team, the more talented team. He just kind of puts it in, you know, puts it on cruise control and just tries to coast home as opposed to just beating the hell out of teams. Like just just put the pedal to the metal. Don't don't be afraid of your quarterback making mistakes. Go go beat their, you know what? Like you think LSU was more talented than most teams they played? Heck yeah, but they threw it all over the place. Um so I don't I don't know. That that would be a concern for me and look, they're they're going to be really good. They're going to be favored to get to Jerry World, but I do get concerned sometimes when Mike thinks we're the more talented team. Let's not screw it up. And that's kind of how they get into some dicey situations sometimes when really they, they shouldn't be. Well, I think the problem, the big problem there comes when you're playing a team that is actually more talented than you, like Ole Miss or OU or Baylor, I think back to 2015, and you try to play the same way you've been playing. And it's like, my man, this is not, this is not how this goes. You know, this is not Iowa State. 
Like it, it just, it doesn't work anymore. And I think that's the spot where you, where you really get into trouble. So, uh, number four, that's what I was saying. Get to Arlington. Yeah. I mean, look, like if, if we, and I think it's fair to say there's one spot in Arlington reserved for OU, right? I, I think that's a completely fair thing to say and is until they don't get there. Uh, what, who are the other contenders? If we're throwing Iowa State, Texas, if we're if we're throwing West Virginia Tech and Kansas out, they have no chance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't really think Kansas State does either. So that leaves Baylor, Iowa State, TCU, Texas, Oklahoma State. You know what's a big game, Carson? I think maybe the maybe the biggest game on OSU's schedule if we're talking about getting to to Jerry World. What TCU? Why? Because it's the it's the first Big Twelve game. Gundy always loses his first Big Twelve game. Ooh, he, his record is he has a losing record, doesn't he? It's in at T- yeah. The last he's like two and six in his last eight. Uh, it's at TCU. I think TCU is going to be pretty. I think uh, I think their quarterback's good. Duggan is it Dugan or Duggan? Either or. Whatever. He's good. Uh, it's that. <laughs> That's going to be – I think that is a, that's a big game. And maybe not. Maybe TCU goes 7-5 and five or whatever. But I just – I don't know. They still they, could. <laughs> they don't uh, They don't play – they don't go back-to-back bad seasons uh, very often, just like Oklahoma State. That, that doesn't happen very often with Gary Patterson. So I think that's big. I think – and then I don't know. I mean, like, you get Iowa State at home – they need to win nine games before I give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Baylor, maybe they lost a lot of guys. Um, and then Texas, who knows? But you get Texas at home the last game. So Baylor, Baylor lost their coach too. They lost their to coach that. as well. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I just I think that you don't – it's not a – like is Oklahoma State as good as they were in 2011? Probably not. But – you're also dealing with a landscape that I, I just I don't know that there's another team there that you look at and are terrified of. Maybe Texas, depending on how it goes. But I don't know. I think it sets up pretty well for them. I think that's a what if what if like Oklahoma State and Iowa State end up playing for the Big Twelve title? How crazy would that be? Ooh, I'd take a lot of pressure off off Michael Gundy. <laughs> Uh, did you see they, they moved the Texas game to Friday? Uh, does that give you any Iowa State flashbacks? <laughs> Everything gives me Iowa State flashbacks. <laughs> no, it's, uh, the, it's good. I, I think it'll be fun the day after thing. I, I don't – the whole Thanksgiving weekend is weird anyway, so you might as well. I mean, it, it there's no there's no difference to me. Sure. Okay, that was number four. Kyle's four reasons to Oklahoma State can win the Big 12. Go check it out on the, on the blog. Uh, number four in our – Midford, our Midfords, our first five. <laughs> I've screwed that up twice now. Yeah. Is uh, Oklahoma State's off the Schneid, Kyle? They got a basketball win. They're not going to go over in Big Twelve play. They uh, they manhandled TCU. It was a really good spot for them, but they finally got a win. Uh, what was your thoughts? Well, I, I I mean I think the shocking thing is winning by fifteen, right? <laughs> you you lose by forty, you lose by thirty, you lose by twenty, and it's not like you're like losing two point games, right? And it, it's like, can they win like just a just like by five or something? Like just win a close one, and and they blow out TCU. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, 
it is what it is. Uh, OKC Dave made the case the other day on the forum that it's like one of the best, worst Big 12 teams ever, uh, which is not a <laughs> distinction that you necessarily <laughs> want. Uh, so they're not going to end up being the worst team in Big 12 history, which I guess is good. Um, I it's a know. great point by Dave because, you know, they were they were trending to be like those those Melvin Watkins A&M teams that would go like Ofer in Big 12 play or win one or two maybe, which those teams were like laughable. I remember going to games with my dad and just like feeling bad for the A&M players because they'd be down by like 30 the whole game. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of – just on pure record, that's kind of who they're compared to this year. But they're, I, I agree with Dave. They, they have far more talent than that, which I think speaks to kind of the just the, the underachieving they've, they've done all season. Look, I, to, to me, Kyle, th- this season and this team hinges completely on two guys. Isaac Likely, who had 15 and 11, and Yorane, who had 14, 14 points, three blocks. Like when those two guys are on – they're they're hard to beat. Like they're a good team. Like those they need those guys to play like that night in night out. And I think that's been the biggest issue. Obviously, likely had the mono. We all know about that. He hadn't played as well. Yorin A has been just all over the place. He's been on the bench most of the season. But when those two guys play well, Kyle, I think I think OSU can win some games coming down the stretch. But obviously their schedule is pretty tough. Yeah, I think it's interesting though because you look at the Big Twelve and so it's Kansas and Baylor, right? Kansas or uh, Baylor's nine and zero. Kansas is eight and one. West Virginia is really good. They're six and three in the league, and then everybody after that, Tech's five and four. Tech is way too good to be five and four, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, OU's four and five. Texas four and five. TCU four and five. Iowa State two and seven. Kansas State two and seven. So it's not as if they. It's not like the. I mean, the season's only half over. Like if you go. If you can somehow go, I don't know, six and three in the second half or five and four, all of a sudden you're going to be like in the middle of the league. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I hope they, they play out the string well because I, I think they're, there's still a lot to, well, there's not a lot to play for. They're not going to make the tournament. But I, I hope that, I hope they don't finish last, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, they, uh, they go to Waco next on Saturday at the number one ranked team in the country. Do you like their odds in Waco? No, no. That's, that's not <laughs> then they're, then they're at K state tech at home at West Virginia. OU at home at Kansas, mm. Iowa state at home, K state at home at Texas. Is Baylor going to win it all by the way? They look pretty good. They could. They're so good. Like I back some of my Scott drew takes. I mean, he's, He's turned into a pretty good coach, Kyle. And and I think to me that's kind of the hope you have for Mike Boynton. You know, Scott Drew early in his tenure, he could recruit, but he wasn't winning and frankly looked somewhat lost when he was coaching. I don't think Boynton's looked lost, but the results simply haven't been there. He has a losing career record as it stands right now. But uh, Scott Drew's figured it out. I think that's kind of the hope for for Mike Boynton. I think he's gonna get these next four years to figure it out. I don't think they're gonna you don't you don't hire a Mike Boynton to just Cannon with years left on his contract. So if you're an OSU fan thinking if he has a bad year next year, he's going to get fired, I I fail to see that. But how many wins would you think that they have left on the schedule? How many are you going to give them? I think three. Three? That's I think they, probably more than I would give them. I think they go three and six in the second half. Okay. So four and 14 overall, which is same as last year probably. Yep. I think that's close to to what they were last year. Yeah, so uh, number five in our 
I'm not going to call it that again. Uh, we haven't discussed this yet, Kyle. That's Robin Ventura's music. Wait, we haven't he, talked about this? No. So I put on the rundown. Robin Ventura coming back as a grad assistant for the baseball team. And, and really, Kyle, we can just talk about baseball season coming up. But, you know, I, a friend of a friend had, had brought this up, that this was going to happen. And I was just like, dude, like Robin Ventura is not coming to be a grad assistant at Oklahoma State. What are you smoking? Well, what somebody, are you talking about? Somebody had texted me the same thing. And I was, I kind of just, it, it like almost didn't even register. I was like, I just sort of dismissed it. Like, I, and I, and later on I was like, oh, I should have like written about that or something, but it was just so like bizarre and like, di- it just didn't connect with me. I, I don't know. Well, it, to me, it just, when I saw the text, it, it reminded me of the people that like want to hire like Brandon Whedon as the offensive coordinator, <laughs> you know, like people just want to put like the all time greats in like coaching positions, but it was like even to a more laughable extent that he was going to be a grad assistant, which again, it's not it's not laughable at all that Robin's doing this. He wants to get his degree, and I I kind of tweeted out a, a the first thing I thought of Kyle was, you know, Ventura was at the OSU golf tailgate almost all year at the football games, and OSU golf tweeted out a picture of him during the season. He was grilling out on the grill, and I I bet Robin just at one point was doing that, just looking around, going, you know what, life in Stillwater is not so bad. How about I just come back here and get my degree and maybe help out with baseball a little bit. I think it's a pretty cool story. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, think about the guys they have in that dugout. Robin, Matt Holliday. I mean, is it, it Josh it's, Holliday, one of the best recruiters in the country when he was hired, still it's un, is. It's unbelievable. Walton, I mean, it, it it's it's really incredible uh, to have that much star power and, and for them to enter the new state. I mean, it's it look like we've had a lot of just frustration and just junk this year in terms of osu sports and maybe osu baseball is not good but it's certainly the most exciting thing right now because you got the stadium you got robin uh they got picked to finish i think second or third in the big 12 um so yeah should be a fun year yeah new stadium with that coaching staff think they'll be able to recruit a little bit yeah although although people like a lot of people our age or younger only know robin is the guy that got beat up by uh nolan ryan i know which is the worst because he was like one of the great hitters in college baseball history and the, a, a the great pro, the greatest hitter in college baseball history. Well, Pete Incavillia might have something to say about that. I requested his home run hitter. I requested uh, Robin for the for the pod, by the way. So, okay, that'd be yeah, great. Be awesome. Are you ready for buckets and bricks? Uh, yeah, we need to uh, we need to give a shout out to uh, to Chris's university spirit. Though I gotta say, Carson. I this has been a this has been a really bad day for me. Um, I, Uh-oh. I well, I don't have my 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 sponsor read open. I'm knocking my water over. I was supposed to write like four things earlier. I haven't gotten to any of them. It's just been one thing after the other. I, it's I'm ready for the weekend. Okay, you ready to finish this? Yep. Let's get to this week's Buckets and Bricks, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Before we do Buckets and Bricks, I did get some clarification on the uh, 25 guys in a recruiting cycle thing, and I remember this now. You can – yeah, I don't know the specifics of it, but you can apply guys to different classes based on when they come in, if that makes sense. So, like, if you have somebody that enrolls in the fall – 
like I, I don't know if this is the exact scenario, but if you have somebody that roll, enrolls in the fall, you can apply them to this class or the next class or something like that. So that's why you'll see um, at times like so K-State has 27 guys that they're bringing in this year. And you're like, well, how can K-State bring in 27 guys? And this includes transfers. Well, they only had 23 last year. And so the way that like when those guys came in and the way it's applied is all wonky. But essentially, if you flatten it all out, it's just 25 per class, including transfers. And so that's why I think what you were referencing, Gundy's always hollering about um, if guys leave, we should be able to replace them. Well, you can, but if too many guys leave, you, you sort of can't because you're limited by how many guys you can bring in. Does that does that clear that up at all, or does it make it more confusing? No, I, that makes sense to me. I'm glad you clarified because I'm sure p- people that know are screaming at their computers listening to us or their car radios. Unfortunately, I you know it would be I would probably know more if I ran a college football website that covers recruiting. So, <laughs> uh, do you have buckets and bricks? Are you prepared for that? My break. Go first. My break is just me today. I just it's just a, been a disaster, just a disaster of a day. So I'm gonna give a break to myself for just just not performing to the level that I'm capable of. That's fair. I mean, I'd give myself one too for the opening of the show. So we're just good job by us. Um, my brick. You want a brick or a bucket first? Go, uh, go bucket. We need something positive. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is not something I ever thought I would say on this show. I got to give it up to Travis Ford. Wow. Why? Why you might ask? Well, as bad as I thought he was at OSU in terms of his record and coaching maneuvering and losing in the tournament. He did go to the tournament five out of eight years and OSU is about to miss the tournament or miss, not only miss the tournament, but miss the NIT for a second straight year, not even go to a tournament. Um, so he, he did a better job than probably we gave him credit for. I think everyone was just Still coming off the disappointment that was Sean Sutton and Eddie Sutton's, uh, or I guess Sean Sutton's tenure, and just they were used to Eddie Sutton being the coach. But, I mean, he went to the tournament five out of eight years. Uh, didn't win a game after his first year, but he did a decent – he only won three conference games his last year, but he had eight conference wins the two years prior to that, 13, 7, 6, 9, 9. I mean, gosh, that how far away is OSU from those totals in winning in the Big 12? So, Travis Ford. Good job by you. <laughs> Good job by you. My bucket goes to Emmanuel Agba. Super Bowl champion, Emmanuel Super Bowl Agba. champ, yeah. He, uh, he didn't play, but he was on the team. And by the way, where, where do we land on Tyreek? Are we acknowledging him yet? Um, Well, OSU doesn't. They took him out of the Bedlam highlights that year. He went, had the punt return. Right. Um, I'm of the opinion if you get kicked off the team, you're not – you can't be considered an alum. Like like OU trumpeting Damian Williams I thought was kind of silly. Now, Damian Williams did come back for their pro day. Uh, he claims OU, so that seems like an amicable split in a lot of ways, but I still think it's silly they try to claim him when they kicked him off their team. Uh, I don't cover Tyreek as if he's... Like, I don't go out of my way like some people do to go, oh, former OSU Cowboy Tyreek Hill, look at this touchdown. I, I don't do that. Because yeah, I, I don't, I don't think OSU fans are out there trumpeting Tyree Kill either. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I don't really do it either. But anyway, the 
the list that Emmanuel Agba joins, Walt Garrison, of course, John Cobb, uh, Dexter Manley, John Washington, Keith Burns, Jack Golden, Charlie Johnson, R.W. McCorders, uh, the best football slash basketball player in OSU history, R.W. McCorders. Mm-hmm. Donovan, no question. Donovan Woods, Ryan McBean. Uh, Bill, Donovan Woods won a Super Bowl? Uh, with Steelers. He was on like the practice squad, I think. And he was on their uh, roster some too, so maybe he was on the roster. Billy Vajima, Russell O'Kung, Michael Michael Bowie. I don't remember that. And uh, Antonio Smith. It's more than I would have expected. But uh, yeah, I mean, Manuel Ogba went from the Cleveland Browns to the Kansas City Chiefs. That is quite the upgrade. <laughs> he leveled up in life. It stinks that he was hurt because their defense really played well, obviously, to, to get to where they, they ended up as Super Bowl champs. But I think Ogba's a, a free agent to be, so it'll be interesting to see if he if he comes back to Kansas City or if he, he signs elsewhere. But uh, certainly one of the best OSU players in history has a, has a Super Bowl ring. So that was good to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my brick is, again, to Mike Boynton. And, it, and this isn't just a scathing criticism, but I – I just I don't understand why in a season that's already lost why you don't play the Boone Twins 35 minutes. Like why are you not playing your young guys more? I mean, we all love Dezagua and Do uh, we? I mean, Marshall Scott loves him immensely. That's true. Um, but I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Like you're building towards next year with Kate Cunningham. You need to get Play the Boone Twins, almost the, like just give them a breather every now and then. But play them like they they make not only that Kyle they make stuff happen when they're in the game. I just I, I've never understood his reluctance to play those two. Maybe maybe there's something happening behind the scenes I'm not aware of. Maybe they just don't practice well, don't show up on time. I have no idea. But you need to start playing the youth because you're not going anywhere anyway. So as much as you love Cam McGriff and Dezagua and Lindy Waters, like. You guys start playing the young dudes, Mike. So that's that's my uh, that's my brick. Sorry, uh, um, it, my my brick day continues. I've swallowed some water incorrectly. I'm struggling here. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is I'm a disaster today, Carson. Can you want to just take a you want to just take a knee and let me finish the pod can myself? I, can I hit reset on just the? Can <laughs> I go back to like seven a.m. and just? start this thing over. I already gave a break to myself. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'll give myself another break and we'll move on. Um, okay. Let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's university spirit. And then we will come back with one interesting thing. Chris's university spirit on campus corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast. Pistols firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, what do you got? One interesting thing. You you took one of my Super Bowl winners, it, it appears here. Yeah, you mentioned him. Uh, Doug Shivers, Shivers, not how you say that. It, it, he is at CassDas29 on, on Twitter. Uh, He's great. 
D-A-S-D-A-S-29 on Twitter. He always posts like really cool throwback artifacts and, and interesting info. Well, he tweeted out a deal on Owasso's John Kolb, or Cobb, however you say it. Um, he was offensive lineman at for OSU. He was all Big 8 in 67 and 68, All-American in 68. He won four Super Bowls on those Steeler teams. Uh, it's a player that I hadn't... I didn't know a lot about in the history of Oklahoma State, but that's quite a resume, Kyle. All-American in all-conference twice and wins four Super Bowls on the offensive line. That is – that's pretty special. So shout-out to uh, Doug Shivers and shout-out to John Kolb on, on what was a, a fun Super Bowl weekend and a, a player that I don't think it's talked about enough in, in OSU lore. That's pretty That's pretty stout. Were you, uh, were you glad the Chiefs won? I was actually pulling for the 49ers. I kind of had a personal thing with that. You know, I I covered um, – I've gotten to know Wes Welker a little bit. I, I know his brother really well. And he's on the he was the receivers coach for the 49ers. And I, I really wanted him to get a ring. He now is – he's now 0-4 in Super Bowls, three as a player, the fourth there. And my gosh, he has to be just sick. I mean, they're up 10 points with – nine minutes left or whatever it was. And just like the, the Patriots Super Bowl loss to the Eli the second time, they're up however many points, and Eli pulls off that pass to Manningham to come back and beat him. Brady had that pass to Welker just out of his reach. I mean, he's been so – he's been as close as you can be to winning two Super Bowls and having zero. And I just – that's that's why I was pulling for them. But I'm certainly happy for, uh, obviously, Ogba and the Belldozer. Uh, I covered him as well, so – I wouldn't. I, I didn't really have a vested interest either way. I just was really kind of hoping West would get a ring. Yeah, no, I I get that. Um, Mahomes is sick, by the way. He's he might be the goat. He's <sighs> un, and, I mean, we've talked about him on here, but which, by the way, uh, I didn't realize that Oklahoma State was one of the three teams that recruited him, or four maybe. It was Tech. It was uh, Houston. It was Oklahoma State, and maybe Rice. If I if I remember reading that right. I don't, know if, right. I don't know if Rice was in there, but uh, he's unreal. I mean, I, I just – I don't know if I totally get it because he was – I thought he was fine in college, but he's just a freak. I mean, he just is so smart and so good and has such a great arm. I, I, I'm, I'm astonished. Um, okay, my one interesting thing, the SEC – released its data on how much revenue it distributed to its members. This is for fiscal year 2019. I think this happened last week or the end of, I don't know. It was recent. And, um, so do you know how, did you see these numbers? Do you know how much they, they, they sent out? I did not see this. Take a guess how much they, how much they sent out to each, uh, member of their conference. (sighs) 35 million. That's a good guess. It's actually 45. So you're hmm. off by 10. Now, do you know how much the Big 12 sends out or sent out for fiscal year 2019 to its members? Don't know. 39 million. Hmm. And I think I think when we talk about some of this stuff, I think and I don't know if this is a national media thing. Sometimes I think it is. They would have you think that the members of the Big 12 are homeless, broke, and don't have anybody to turn to. (laughs) And yet, 
their revenue, the Big 12's revenue per team for fiscal year 2019 is within six mil of what the SEC revenue is. And guess what, Carson? That doesn't even include the third-tier rights stuff. So if you throw in 15 mil for Texas with the Longhorn Network, you throw in, I think the number is seven or eight for OU with all their stuff. For teams like Oklahoma, or for schools like Oklahoma State, it's lower because they don't get they don't get paid uh, by ESPN or who, who's OU's deal with? Is it with Fox? Yeah, Fox Sports. So they so OU makes and and they should they deserve it they they make good money from that. Oklahoma State doesn't get that money from uh, ESPN Plus and and the different places that their third tier stuff is on. But you can still assume that the the total numbers around forty. And so they're within five mil of your Mississippis and your Tennessees. And yet I feel like the big 12 is made out to be this just, you know, little sisters of the poor conference. And it's like, well, is that reality or not? Because here's the numbers that I'm seeing. Now the flip side is look, the sec is going to get mega paid on their next television contract. They're going to ESPN. That's happening. I think in two or three years, I think it's 2023. So that 45 million number is going to be more like 60 or 65 million. So then we can talk about like the disparity, the gap there. But right now the big 12 is, is sort of keeping up with the sec. And yet nobody ever talks about it like that. The the ACC for fiscal year 2018 was about 10 mil behind the big 12. And that's about where the PAC 12 was as well. So I just feel like the big 12 doesn't get enough credit for the job it's done in terms of revenue distribution. You got to give Bob Bowlesby a lot of credit, don't you? Look, yeah. he, he takes a lot of heat, um, but when he took over, this conference looked just like a walking dead. And to your point, they're one of the most profitable. And uh, you just look at the, the dichotomy there between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 right now. They've totally flipped in terms of revenue generation, in terms of just viability as a conference. And so has Bob Bowlesby done everything perfect? No, but... He's making a lot of money for his for his conference partners, and that's all they really care about. So uh, he's done a great job. I mean, the, the Big Twelve championship game. I don't think Oklahoma gets in the Big Twelve or gets in the college football playoff this year without the championship game. That took a lot of heat when he created it, but it it paid off big time. So Literally Bob Bowlesby's done a good job. It makes, it makes a lot of money as well. Yeah, exactly. As long as you generate revenue, it, it gets you that that uh, quote unquote thirteenth data point. So it's, he's done a good job. <laughs> I, I still have some tweets of yours favorited from when uh, Wisconsin was going to get in over OU that night. Oh my gosh, that wasn't a real thing, right? You were you were jacked up. You were fired up. Nothing gets me jacked up like a two-loss Big Ten team thinking they belong. <laughs> and just the idea, the like the idea that like a two-loss. Georgia was going to get in over OU last year, the year before. And then they go, you know, <laughs> Ohio State's losing to Wisconsin. And they're just like, oh, I mean, now the case is being made that, you know, Wisconsin, I mean, look at their wins. Look at their wins. Well, guys, they lost to Illinois. Stop. It's not happening. But most of that, Kyle, was just ESPN wanting you to watch their show because we all knew who's getting in. Lovey Smith's beard is sick, though. Will Smith's beard is sick. Lovey Smith. Oh, Lovey Smith. They said Will Smith. Yeah, Lovey. Uh, Chris Kringle like. 
Okay, Carson, I gotta go. I I need to I need to pull the pull the ripcord on today. Just eject, get out of here. Date night tonight. Looking forward to that. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk soon. We'll talk after this weekend. Maybe Oklahoma State can go to Waco and steal one from the number one team in the country. Uh, I don't like their odds, but crazier things have happened. Yeah. Mike Boyden's won in Lawrence, so he could <laughs> certainly win in Waco. That's true. That is true. All right, Carson. We'll talk soon. All right. See you. See you.